What's up, guys? On today's show, we're diving into our NFC schedule simulation and what it means for fantasy football. Chase has an ADP quiz for us, and we'll wrap things up with some fan questions from Instagram. If you like the show, let us know on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review, and follow us on Instagram for more Tutty Talk content. Let's roll. This is Darren Waller, and you're listening to the Tutty Talk Podcast. Streaming from beautiful Portland, Oregon, for all things fantasy football. This is the Tutty Talk Podcast. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley. Rolling checks and takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles. He did what? It's a C-Mac attack. I'm really not into dreams anymore. Okay, I'm in the nightmare. A lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. You like that? You like that? Here are your hosts, Bryce Wells. I'm going to I'm going to say it. I'm going to put you on blast. Kevin Nelson. It's a damn shame because Pete Carroll is wasting Russell Wilson and there's nothing we can do about it. And Chase Daskalos. No. Lamar Jackson is going to be a top five quarterback. Welcome into the Tutty Talk podcast. Good to be back with you guys another week and another week closer to NFL kickoff 2020. This week, we're breaking down some schedules. First, it's the NFC this week. We'll tackle the AFC next week. We've got an ADP quiz from Chase that he's going to put us through, and we'll wrap things up with some fan questions from IG. Mixing it up this week. I'm Kevin. As always, I'm joined by Bryce and Chase. Bryce, I'll start with you. How we doing? Well, I am doing pretty great. I'm I'm actually really hungry right now. I could use a nice little chicken sandwich. But other than that, I got rewarded for some hard work that I've been doing today. So I could not be better. Hell yeah. Love to hear it. Chase, how we doing? Of course, started a another dynasty startup <laughs> draft yesterday. 12 team. Super flex, tight end premium, hosed off the rip, of course. You know, C Dask here sitting at 111 Oof. in the draft. And with my strategy, Dynasty Startup, you want a piece of either Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, or Alvin Kamara, and you ain't getting them at 111. So yeah. what do you do? You trade up to the 101 and you take <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, baby. And then you back it up with Miles Sanders in the second. And you sit out in the third round where people are overdrafting Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry. Woof. Damn. <clears throat> like it. He's fired up. I love it. All right. Let's get to these schedules because there's going to be a lot to talk about with each of these teams. Uh, first, before we dive into all of it, we can't predict injuries. We can't predict COVID. We can't really predict anything but what these teams look like right now, today. So we're going to highlight some strength of schedule, the big game, some keynotes about each team, and then finally revealing the projected record for that franchise. Uh, that being said, we're going to start up north with the Green Bay Packers. Winners of the division a season ago uh, may not be the pick that a lot of people are going with this season. Minnesota on the rise and all the question marks surrounding Aaron Rodgers. But starting with the Packers, they have the 15th toughest schedule this season. Opponents combined to win percentage. Uh, just over 500 from a season ago in 2019. They faced the NFC South and the AFC South. Uh, we've got them at 10 and 6. 
and we could jump into some of these questions. A lot of people are sleeping on Aaron Rodgers with the acquisition of Jordan Love in the draft, but we think it should be the exact opposite, a motivated Aaron Rodgers, especially in seasonal leagues. Uh, Bryce, I'll start with you. We love Aaron Rodgers this season. Absolutely. Okay, so when we're talking about seasonal, this team didn't get better out of the draft. So essentially, if we're looking at this team, I'm assuming that we're not looking at much of a difference here. So Aaron Rodgers was your quarterback 11 in fantasy last year, right behind Carson Wentz at 10. And like I said, you know, there are two things that you really need to think about here. If we take the draft and we look at it and we go, okay, they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Is this the future of the Green Bay Packers? Possibly. Uh, I think that most of us are under the ins- assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay for more than just a single season. We're, we're not 100% sure about that, but let's just assume that that we have him for next season. They still have Devontae Adams. They added running back. They're going to have to throw like they normally do. There's no way that you can possibly imagine Aaron Rodgers being outside the top 15, in my opinion. Um, I think if everything stays the same, he's right in that 10 to 15 range. However, if he is going on a revenge tour because Aaron Rodgers has one of the biggest egos in the league, we can assume that it could be much better than that. So when we're trying to consider drafting quarterbacks in seasonal leagues, I preferably like to wait a little bit longer to draft a quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers is a guy that people are kind of writing off because of this Jordan Love narrative. The guy's a developmental player. Aaron Rodgers is for sure a quarterback, the quarterback in, in Green Bay, and you shouldn't have any worries drafting him in seasonal. Let's not forget as well, Devontae Adams missed like a third of the season last year. One of the metrics that I always look at with quarterbacks too, we've mentioned before, is money throws, the throws that – take extreme athleticism or skill to complete guess who was number one in money throws last year Aaron Rodgers yeah we uh we may not like the Packers uh to win the division at 10 and 6 but definitely a wild card team and and Rodgers Devontae Adams maybe you can make the argument for one more year of Aaron Jones but we'll get to the next team as we get a roll through these pretty quick the Minnesota Vikings and this is the team that we have winning the north uh the 10th toughest schedule of Again, just over 500 with that win percentage. Uh, and the North faces the South of the NFC and the AFC this year. And so all these teams are going to have the same uh, opponents in that regard. Um, but we haven't finished in an 11 and 5. Uh, should be a, a, a much stronger start uh, than what they kind of had last year. We're kind of projecting maybe a big year for Kirk Cousins. Um, Justin Jefferson adds a big spark to the team and and maybe a little bit more motivated of a wide receiver and the drama that Minnesota had last year. Chase, I'll flip this to you first and Bryce, you can tack on anything that you had to kind of go along with it. But are we finally going to see a healthy Dalvin cook season through 11 games last year? He was an unstoppable and right there with Christian McCaffrey for RB one. Are we going to get that this year? We, I mean, we hope we, we want it for sure. Uh, Minnesota, number four in the NFL to run plays per game with this schedule and talking game script. Uh, you know, I, that looks to continue. They ran basically 29.8 run plays per game. Dalvin was, it's kind of weird. He was only getting about 18 carries per game, but it's just all that's adding up to you know, and his receiving floor too. Uh, number 10 in receptions, number six in receiving yards. So it's slowly stacking up for 
if we get a full season of Dalvin Cook, he legitimately has RB the RB1 potential. Yeah, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last night, um, just the future of Dalvin Cook. This is going to be a big year. You know, if if the Vikings somehow, and I don't think they will, but somehow miss the playoffs, the question that I think we have to ask is, are they going to let Dalvin walk? Because he expects uh, RB1 money, and, and he might as well, he, he might possibly just get it. I mean, this season is going to be very telling for this team uh, and, and what the future is going forward. I think them adding Jefferson to replace Stephon Diggs is going to be interesting because I don't think they're anywhere close to the same type of receiver. So the passing offense is going to look a little bit different. I think it could be a good year for Adam Thielen because he's still the number one guy there. Um, And I think Dalvin has a very, 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 very good chance at finishing as the RB1 just because they're going to be a little bit more comfortable probably running the ball rather than throwing to Jefferson and Thielen. And when I say that, I mean Jefferson's a rookie. It takes those guys some time to develop. I know we are expecting Jefferson to you know, start off hot for this team, and he probably will. I think we believe in the talent enough there. Um, but I think we have to really, really look at Dalvin as the center point of this offense and it's going to take it's going to take a lot of Dalvin to to get this team to eleven and five, in my opinion. And I think they can do it. I think it's very possible. Um, we they they do have the tenth toughest schedule, um, but I mean, we saw what they did last year. I, I don't see this team uh, taking a step back offensively. And in fact, I see them their defense taking a step uh, step forward. So I think I think they're looking looking pretty good for the twenty twenty season. Looking at 2021, Minnesota, $29.5 million to spend. Uh, that's near the bottom of the league uh, as far as cap for 2021. So they're going to have to move some more than what they've already moved in order to keep Dalvin Cook because a lot of teams are going to see maybe a really good season from him and, and want to pay him the big bucks. All right, up next, some kind of the sweller, sweller seller dwellers, the Lions, uh, Detroit. They got the fifth toughest schedule, tough for them. Um, we have them finishing four and 12, but this could be a, a pretty good thing for fantasy. You know, Chase, we were talking about it off air, the three of us saying these really shitty teams sometimes have some of the best offenses in production. Sure. They added Deandre Swift in the off season. Is, is Stafford going to stay healthy? Kenny Galladay's surgeons last year and, and racing up into the top 10. Could he have another big year? Uh, Bryce, do you noted in here, you're drafting Matt Stafford in seasonal. I guess. Why is that? I think the, perception of Matt Stafford is injury prone and I think we could all agree that you know we would like to see Matt Stafford healthy for an entire season Mm -hmm. Uh, this is a quarterback that was really good in the games that he played last year I believe he was uh, quarterback six through the uh, the weeks that he was playing and Matt Stafford is this one of the sleeper quarterbacks with top 10 upside Um, and and this next season you know quarterbacks I'm looking at to draft Dak is going to be number one, but Matt Stafford might as well be my lock at number two. I think that uh, Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver one there. The and and he and he's obviously dominating the league in the red zone, and, and that's a big deal. They're going to have to throw next season to stay alive in games. Um, Marvin Jones is still there; he's thirty years old, but he's had two straight seasons on IR with knee related issues. So. You can roll the dice on Marvin Jones. 
Um, if he plays, I mean, him and him and Kenny Galladay and Matt Stafford are a great trio in that offense. There's no way this team's finishing close to 500. They're going to be, like I said, behind in a lot of games. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with DeAndre Swift with negative game scripts. We know this team wants to run the ball uh, first, but I don't think that's going to be possible for the Lions. You kind of beat me to it here. I think the the four and twelve record, the negative game script, is perfect for a DeAndre Swift breakout in twenty twenty, because when you're down by twenty one in the third quarter, and DeAndre Swift is a better pass catcher than Carryon Johnson, who says he's not a third down back anyways, he's not going to be out there on third down. Guess who's going to be out there catching the passes, getting all the attention? DeAndre Swift. We've kind of slept on him a little bit, but I think as the season gets a little bit closer, we're going to start really loving DeAndre Swift again. I, I mean, before Jonathan Taylor and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire landed where they landed and did what they did last season, DeAndre Swift was the best prospect in a while, you know, since Saquon. So um, maybe some negative and positives for DeAndre Swift moving forward. To the Bears we go. Uh, another 4-12 and team. They've got another tough schedule. Um they're going to be a really tough start for them uh, from what we've seen, despite the teams that they're playing. We've got them losing. Uh, what is that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> like eight of their first nine games, maybe more. Uh, so rough start for the Bears, but we don't know who the hell the starting quarterback is going to be. Bulls or Trubisky. That's certainly the talk uh, of everything in Chicago. They didn't sign Cam Newton. They didn't sign Jameis Winston. Instead, they traded for Nick Foles and ate that contract. And we think it's going to be Foles uh, maybe week one. Bryce, you have your noted on week four. But I don't know. My, my kind of thought right off the bat is Foles beats him in camp and is a more surefire thing at just keeping good care of the football. You know, Trubisky's problem has been turnovers and not being able to convert on third down, not being able to lead the team. Nick Foles has kind of done that at least the last two places. Injury kept, kept him out of um, Jacksonville. And their decision to save all that money and go with Gardner Minshew. But what do you got? Yeah, so I think I'm really interested to see what the mindset for this team is. I can't imagine that they believe that they're a playoff team. And I think that's because the the Mitchell Trubisky's teammates, I don't think, believe in Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you look at their first three games. They're at Detroit, then at home against the the Giants, and then on the road against Atlanta. And I think what they want is they want Mitchell Trubisky to be their starting quarterback. However, if they lose three in a row, Nick Foles is coming in either during week three or week four. And I think they're going to try to force Mitchell Trubisky in this offense and give him one last opportunity. I think you're right. Nick Foles is going to outplay him in camp, but that doesn't matter to me. I think they're going to push Trubisky. I think the Bears are in a similar situation as Detroit. They're going to have to throw uh, a lot in these games. They're going to uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball that well. I'm not a believer in David Montgomery. Uh, he, he's an interesting seasonal uh, pickup, but uh, you're not actively trying to draft that type of player after what he did last year. I, I in, in fact, I'm avoiding everybody but Allen Robinson because he's literally the only reliable piece there and has proven so the last few years in Chicago. I, I I'm I'm. I like Nick Foles more than Mitchell Trubisky, don't get me wrong, but I really think that they they want to give Mitch the opportunity to to bounce back, I guess, and, and be the leader of this team. When you start one and eight, 
it's not the question of will Nick full start it's when, and we have them losing the first three games. And especially to those shitty opponents, I think it was Detroit, the New York giants and the Atlanta Falcons you go. zero and three there, Nick Foles is your Chicago bears starter in week four. It's inevitable. Before we kind of move on to the next division, does that hurt Allen Robinson or, or make things a little bit better? I mean, he did what he did with Mitch. It's only going to be better with Nick Foles, right? On the surface, I mean, just just looking at the record, uh, four and twelve. What we talked about with Detroit is game script and the, those pass attempts. You, you're not running the ball when you're down by twenty-one in the third quarter. It's inefficient. You're you're throwing the ball. I really really like Allen Robinson in twenty twenty, especially if Mitch Trubisky isn't better. They are making a quarterback change. Allen Robinson will see a quarterback upgrade in twenty twenty, whether Trubisky's better or it's Nick Foles. More on Allen Robinson later at the end of the show, maybe around ADP stuff, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, to the south we go, the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Holy hell, the hype train is real. Tom Brady and Gronk and Godwin and Mike Evans and they got Keyshawn Vaughn now. This offense is pretty unstoppable. We we haven't finished in really well. Uh, middle of the road uh, toughness schedule, 16th in the NFL this season with that uh, combined win percentage of 2019 with their opponents. The NFC South will face the NFC North and the AFC West this year. So the teams that we just talked about, along with some that we'll talk about next week, um, but a tough division in the AFC West as far as I think a lot of teams are around the same spot, uh, excluding Kansas City. But back to the Bucks, 11-5 and five is where we got them. Tom Brady, is he going to lead this team to the playoffs? It, it's a passing passing division uh most of the top fantasy wide receivers are in this division uh we're really really excited to see this team but like could the bucks maybe flop could they be the browns that we saw from 2019 guys yes yeah, so i projected them at 11 and 5 and that might be a little aspirations but i when i it sucks because I bought into Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns last year so much to the point where I was making side bets with people that they were going to be a playoff team. You know, you see Jarvis Landry, you see Baker off his, off his rookie season, who, which was great, Nick Chubb and, and Odell, and, and you see all these pieces, and you go, oh, my God, how, how could this be bad? And I think it's going to be interesting for the Bucs. They have to play the AFC West. There's a lot of good defenses out in, in the West, uh, so – it's going to be interesting to see how Tom Brady does. We, we've talked about regression with Tom Brady. He hasn't quite been the same quarterback as he was in previous years. Uh, last year was very telling. Um, I think that was because of a lack of weapons more. But um, I, I want to play both sides of the fence here because I think that there could be a chance that they are similar to the Browns. I ultimately don't, I don't believe that. I, I just think the defense is where – a lot of their wins and losses is going to come down to because obviously the rush defense is great. The passing defense is really poor, one of the worst in the league. It's tough not to buy into Brady too much, right? I mean, he's got he's got all the experience in the world. Uh, you you want to believe in Arians and, and the offense and Chris Godwin and Evans and, and Gronk now. Uh, it just comes down to whether or not that defense is serviceable in 2020, and uh, I think I think if it if it's average at best, they're they're 11 and five easy. Tough division too, a lot of passing. We'll see Tom Brady and Drew Brees twice, but let's get to the Panthers first. Uh, new head coach, new quarterback. 
A lot changed in Carolina. They maybe didn't take the player that we thought that they would take in Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Um, went a totally different route. We've got them bad season, 3-13. and 13. And we talked about it earlier, but why this could be very good for fantasy football. Some of us don't really like Teddy Bridgewater. Others of us think that he could be really, really good uh, as far as fantasy production. While the team, we say, is going to be 3-13, and 13, yikes, uh, these numbers could be really, really dumb. I mean, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, and Teddy Bridgewater, Mr. Checkdown himself. That sounds pretty luxurious, Chase, if you're a fantasy owner and you're, you're taking these guys. Curtis Samuel is a guy that could be way, way down there in ADP that you could get a huge value for. And the DJ Moore hype train, I think, is there in Dynasty, but it's not there yet in Seasonal. How many yards is Teddy Bridgewater going to check down to in the third and fourth quarter NFL games while the Panthers are getting hammered because their defense is so bad and he's going to get so many garbage time screens to DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. They're just playing catch up the whole time. It is so appealing to have Teddy Bridgewater. I just traded for him yesterday. He's my third quarterback, and I feel like in a two-quarterback league, that's perfect. I'm going to play him in Lamar Jackson bye week, a Kyler Murray bye week, and hopefully they're just getting absolutely smashed so he can stuff the stat sheet in the pointless fourth quarter while the Panthers are getting smoked. But you also traded DJ Moore. I did trade DJ Moore. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Tyree Kill. So. All right, yeah, that makes it, makes it kind of worth it. Bryce, you got anything about uh, Carolina? Uh, yeah, one really quick thing. First year sure. coaches usually do poorly. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. So, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of room for growing on this team. There's a lot of talent as well. Atlanta. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl, you know, not too long ago, and uh, due to injuries and maybe age and just a shitty defense, has been pretty bad. They're going to be bad again this year. The fifth toughest schedule in the NFL. Uh, four and twelve is what we've got them at. I mean, holy hell! It's like, how do they get over this? <laughs> Atlanta was once this really dominant team, great offense, everything was going in the right direction. Maybe they kind of mix things up in the running game. They add Todd Gurley to a next to nothing contract, but um, Super Bowl hangovers very real. Todd Gurley, though, I want to talk about that. Is he relevant in seasonal leagues? I mean, a lot of a lot of movement that we've seen in dynasty from one player in particular, he's acquiring him in both of our dynasty leagues, trying to trying to get on that for more win now turnaround. If, if Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley from what we know a few years ago, MVP Todd Gurley could be really good. I don't understand why they added Todd Gurley. And I don't think I ever will. I think this Super Bowl loss still haunts them a little bit. Um, you know what I do for hangovers? I drink some Pedialyte and scarf scarf down some McGriddles. That that usually cures it. Um, they, I don't know what the direction is here in Atlanta. Like what what's the another team where I don't understand the mindset? You're getting a running back that has a clear um, history of injuries that have uh, affected his value, especially on the previous team that he was he was at, and it feels like they believe they are a playoff contending team. They were awful last year. They did not get dramatically better for this next season. So when they add when they add Todd Gurley, it, it just seems it seems desperate to me. It seems like 
maybe this is their last chance at playoffs. Well, it's already gone. Like start start building for the future a little bit more. The line's solid when healthy. The defense is getting there, but it's in this division, it's not gonna happen. And, and honestly, they're they're the worst and they're the worst here. There's no way there's no way around it. And uh I kind of feel bad for Matt Ryan. You know, I, I think he's gonna be there for life and and they're their direction just doesn't seem like it's it's headed towards the right way. I think the passing attack could still be pretty good, Julio and and Ridley, but you know the the running game is just gonna kind of flop. Maybe it just popped into my head as Bryce was talking. Doesn't Gurley to Atlanta? And I know he's way younger than this guy was when he decided to hang him up after like two games. But it reminds me of when Arian Foster went to Miami, and just this weird like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And as soon as he had a good game. I'm saying this because I did it. I traded him in seasonal. He had one good game, and I said, "All right, see ya." He had he had like a touchdown and you know twenty something carries against Seattle in week one, and I traded him. The dude retired the next week. Now I'm not saying Gurley's going to do that, but it, if Todd Gurley stacks up a couple nice games early on in the year, trade him, get him off your roster, find a way to get something back where a guy goes, "Oh my God, I need a running back." And if you have RBs, which we're suggesting to everybody to do that in your drafts, take the running backs early, get the wide receivers late. There's so many good ones, quarterback late, all that stuff. You're going to have depth at running back. You're going to have you know, maybe not as talented wide receivers that somebody's going to want to trade you for and and make that move, make that happen to go get Todd Gurley if he starts well. Or especially selling him too because he's on a one-year contract. He has no knees. And Bryce mentioned, we don't know what the direction of this team is going. We have them finishing at 4-12. and 12. Are they going to, after this one year of Todd Gurley, sign him to a max contract with his health situation and his age and the direction of the team after they finish 4-12? and 12? Hell no. And if they do, they're idiots. What? And when he hits the market, after that, he's not getting his own backfield. This is the year for Todd Gurley. I do like him in seasonal leagues. I have him as an RB2. I'd be super comfortable with playing him as my in my flex but in dynasty you wait for it to pop and you take advantage of somebody who doesn't know what the contract situation is or just wants those fantasy points i'm curious about this maybe he's in our adp quiz later today maybe he's not but he's probably going pretty high i would say too high to where i'm comfortable drafting him because people think oh todd Gurley. He could have his MVP season again. I don't see it happening. Maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't. Bryce and I literally have no fucking clue who the guys are in this ADP quiz, but we'll get to that later. I'll tell you, there is no Todd Gurley in the ADP Ooh. quiz. He's going as RB16, though. Wow. So right, That's still right high. Middle RB2. Right. Yeah. yeah. Still high. See, I figured. All right, let's move on to maybe the best team in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints. 24th toughest schedule. So nice schedule for them. Uh, we've got them finishing at eleven and five, and that could be thirteen and three. That that could be fifteen and one. You know the way that this schedule kind of shaped out for them, and what they've done to add to this team to make it even better than last year, especially when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, obviously, is Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Can he have a healthy season? But Emmanuel Sanders, to me, is something that pops immediately off the page and go oh my god they've got that guy they can play in the slot play outside and really add to you know less eyeballs maybe on the backfield and michael thomas who just had one of the best receiving seasons ever so drew Brees, maybe his last season but from a fantasy perspective 
there's nothing on this team that is like, oh, I don't know about that. Everything looks pretty juicy, right? Yeah. Um, one thing about Emmanuel Sanders I think is very impressive. You know, I think we we're worried about Emmanuel Sanders when he went to the Niners last year and uh, just having to make a transition to a new offense, especially with Kyle Shanahan and the fact that it's not an elite passing offense. And he did pretty, pretty damn well. Um, and now he's with the Saints, and I think the transition to the Saints is going to be the same way. He's going to he's going to hop on the roster and immediately make a difference on the field, and it's going to be pretty easy when Michael Thomas is getting number one coverage. So Emmanuel Sanders is a great seasonal um, draft pick if you're if you're looking in the later rounds for a, a wide receiver three or a I mean if you're lucky a flex play. I mean the value is there. Um, I think we're talking about the future of this team. What's what's a situation with Kamara? You know, if Drew Brees, uh, if this is his last season, uh, do they feel like paying Kamara for the long term and having to run a rookie quarterback in, or possibly repaying Jameis? We we had a big discussion about that last night. I think Kamara's safe in New Orleans. You know, I think that's where he's going to stay, knowing that their window of opportunity is back open in their uh, when they when they draft a, a rookie quarterback in, in the next draft. And uh, that that rookie contract plays out over the next couple of years. Kamara's going to be just fine. I think that um, you know they have Michael Thomas for a while as well. I can't see the Saints being bad in the next five years plus. Like I think they're going to be consistently competitive year after year, as long as they can retain Kamara, properly draft, and, and possibly maybe pay Jameis uh, to be their starting quarterback as a filler guy until their rookie's ready. Um, I have them at 11 and 5. I think there's a a great opportunity for them to finish better than that. I had them losing to Tampa Bay week 1 at home. I don't know about that. I might actually change that. So realistically, this is a 12 or 13 win team. You didn't talk about the guy in New Orleans mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Did you guys see that? Oh no, no, I don't want to see it, and I don't want. I mean, but go ahead. <laughs> oh no, it's after Drew Brees is gone next year. It's not from, happening. From within the Saints, from within the Saints organization, Taysom Hill is their guy. Okay, it's fucking crazy. So, but I, what I was going to add is, do not sleep on Alvin Kamara in 2020. He played 2019 with a high ankle sprain. He's due for some really good positive touchdown regression and he's going late in the first round of seasonal drafts when he was a cmc saquon alvin kamara in 2019 it's incredible value gobble him up i love alvin kamara and especially the saints in 2020 moving to the east the cowboys they have the 30th toughest schedule so only two teams with an easier schedule in the NFL than the Dallas Cowboys. Despite that, we've got them finishing at 9-7. and seven. They'll face off against the NFC West and the AFC North. So every team in the division will play those opponents. Um, yikes, 9-7. and seven. Uh, The big reason for that, I think, in my mind, is first-year head coach. And despite it being a coach that saw a lot of success in the NFL previously, Mike McCarthy, it's tough to jump into the league and immediately win football games. Um, is a division that all the rivalries and, and weird shit like that that goes on. The Eagles are a good team, and we have winning this division uh, and a tiebreaker. We'll get to that in a minute. But the offense and everything fantasy-wise looks incredible. 
The defense is why they're nine and seven. So could this offense, Bryce, I'll start with you, finish as a top three offense in the NFL next year? Offenses that come to mind, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Dallas might be right up next. Yeah, well, they're going to have to be. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, they had CeeDee Lamb. Okay, debatably the best receiver in the draft. They have so many weapons in that offense. It's hard to ignore what their potential is for 2020 uh, when you get to play the Giants, uh, the Redskins, and and the Eagles twice every year. Uh, it's pretty easy to chalk up some wins. Uh, the Eagles are going to be a lot better this next season, but um, I could see them splitting with Philadelphia. You would think that we'd have them higher uh, with a better record, uh, but they have to go play Cleveland on the road. They have to play Pittsburgh. They obviously have to play Baltimore. That's going to be tough. And and you could see Pittsburgh sneaking a win in there. You know, I, I honestly, they did pretty well without Big Ben last year. Now they have them back. That team isn't bad. Their defense was solid. Um, it, it really comes down to what the offense can do and put points on the board. Back to the Cowboys and the offense, it, it it's hard for me to imagine that with Zeke, Amari, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Dak Prescott, that this ball isn't flying around everywhere, especially when Dak's throwing 30-plus times a game. So I think uh, that is definitely in the cards for for the Dallas Cowboys in 2020. Personally, I have them as the fourth-best offense in the NFL. Debate Kansas City, Baltimore at 1-2. I'd put New Orleans at 3, and then I would stick Dallas at 4. And I have them probably better than 9-7, and seven, mainly because that division is so weak. It doesn't really matter anyways. They're winning that division. They're getting a home playoff game. Unless they're fighting for home field. I could see them squeaking. I like 10 and 6. I think 11 and 5 is a little aggressive. So, I mean, they're winning that division. The division's bad. Oof. Got them winning it. Wow. All right. Well, who 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 else would? I think the, I think the Eagles have a great chance. I mean, they they got very unlucky last year. We talked about it this morning. They had probably one of the most injured teams of all time in a single season mm-hmm. so when they're fully strength and they add Jalen Rager and uh it's going to be a big year for Carson let's let's just go on to the Eagles Kev I'm yeah gonna... <laughs> well segue right in yeah it's perfect uh 25th toughest schedule so again an easy schedule a lot of that is who you played the year before obviously but their division just flat out sucked um Cowboys didn't make it the Eagles made it and lost to Seattle in the first round of the playoffs um We've got them projected at nine and seven. So the tiebreaker there, Chase, you're taking Dallas in that when maybe a better record. Bryce, you've got them winning the division with this. Um, we're really not on the same page with them at all. Um, I think that Philadelphia last year, despite all the injuries and everything, was overhyped. And injuries and all that stuff totally blew up what they thought that they had. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey sucked, was hurt. Deshaun Jackson was hurt and then tried to come back and got hurt again and never played. Um, and they have added some things in the offseason that could make them more competitive than they were last year. But there was a stretch there that that was really bad. They ended the season on a high note and they ended up beating Dallas that really won them to the division in 2019. Maybe a Carson Wentz injury in the playoff game and they could be in the second round. You know, Clowney lands on his head and the game's over. Uh, because they have to bring in Josh McCown, everybody's favorite, the GOAT. Uh, but Bryce, what do you got of the Eagles? Uh, fantasy perspective, Miles Sanders said today he's going to have an MVP caliber season. Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders uh, looks to be uh, a solid running back in 2020. I do believe that Boston Scott 
you know, takes away some receptions. I mean, he did really well uh, at the end of the year last year. I mean, he was he was pulling in four to seven um, receptions a game. So, you know, that t- does take away from Miles Sanders. I think that that is a – they haven't signed Carlos Hyde yet, so he's not there. So Boston Scott is the backup. I think Miles Sanders can carry the, the majority of the load, but Boston Scott's going to eat into the passing game a little bit. I think the Eagles, their defense has to take a step forward, right? You know, their offense, I don't think anybody is really is really questioning that much. They have a phenomenal line when healthy. Deshaun Jackson when healthy. It, it's just when healthy, when healthy, when healthy, when healthy is, is, is just the theme of their team. That, that becomes a problem. Um, it's tough having to decide between them and the Cowboys. Uh, it's just Dallas has, has a way with blowing – blowing playoff appearances, uh, and it's just kind of their thing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles um, with the 25th toughest schedule, which is, you know, pretty good for them uh, and in their favor to to take this division and, and kind of run with it. Chase, I want to flip this to you, but Zach Ertz, we said he was going to start regressing eventually. He hasn't really. Dallas Goddard is maybe the most overhyped, oh my God, we can't wait to use him tease of all time. What the fuck are they doing at tight end? When are we going to see Dallas Goddard be Zach Ertz? And when is Zach Ertz going to slow down? Like, what do you do if you've got him on your team in Dynasty? And then in seasonal, you got to go with Ertz, right? Yeah. I mean, we want to see Goddard soon. And there's two words that come to mind when I think of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Zach Ertz are there. The first word is young, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jalen Rager, you name it. And then the second word is speed, and that plays into that as well with Deshaun Jackson, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Quez Watkins, 4-3-5 guy, John Hightower from Boise State. But their three receivers, Quez Watkins, uh, John Hightower, Jalen Rager, are all rookies. I'm worried about the youth there. Uh, really like Dallas Goddard. He is a top six, seven dynasty tight end and just wait, or we're just waiting for Zacherts to leave. But I mean, he's a tight end. What's Zacherts, 30 years old, 29 years old, something like that. He He's not really going anywhere soon. I feel like people are just continuously waiting and we're waiting for Zacherts and Dallas Goddard's breakout year this year, this year, when Zacherts going to go away. When is Zacherts going to go? I don't away? think he's just going to yeah. linger forever. I don't he's think we're like, sure. You know, I think that right. Yeah, Zacherts, you wouldn't be surprised. Stays in Philadelphia and they get a new contract for him. Like, would you be that shocked about it? I wouldn't. Yeah, just like Jason Witten playing in Dallas now. I mean, I mean, he's in Las Vegas now, which is weird. But I think everyone's just assuming. You know, we really like Dallas Goddard. And mm-hmm. we, he needs he needs his own target share. That might not ever happen. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. And our dynasty tight end rankings we had at the beginning of the month, we had Goddard ahead of Ertz. You kind of have to do that. Kind of have to. Younger, all the hype, all the whatever. But for the next couple of years, probably going to be Zach Ertz still. So let's move on. We talked about the teams that are going to maybe contend for this division and one that's still in the rebuilding process. First year head coach again. Got a lot of those in the NFL this year. But the Washington Redskins and Ron Rivera. Um Going to be a rough year for that group, 3-13. and 13. But the things that we like when it comes to fantasy, Dwayne Haskins going to be really, really low in ADP. You can go get him back end of the draft, near the end of the draft, I would say, in a lot of leagues, grab him. And then Terry McLaurin, 
Bryce, he just traded him in, in one of our leagues to me. Um, not that you don't like Terry McLaurin, but what are some of the things that may be factored into, I mean, the situation, of course, for a draft pick, but kind of dive into that really quick. But let's not talk about the Redskins. They suck. Let's talk about uh, Terry McLaurin. I mean, Terry, Terry McLaurin and dynasty should be a top 15 wide receiver asset. Um, it, it just, the Redskins never rebuild. They're always in rebuild, but they never actually get to the final form of rebuilding. And I think there is definitely more hope with Ron Rivera there. I think that's a great, great sign um, for them to improve uh, from a head coaching aspect. You got to love that part of it. I'm not going to be drafting Dwayne Haskins this year. Uh, I probably will never play Dwayne Haskins if I do have him. He's just never going to start, even if he has a favorable favorable matchup, until I'm proven wrong. And, and that's just where I'm at with that kind of quarterback. But Terry McLaurin was able to dominate by himself against solid defenses with Dwayne Haskins as a rookie. So it's either Terry McLaurin's really fucking good or Dwayne Haskins is a lot better than what people think. And I think it's pretty easy to lean more towards the Terry McLaurin side. It's just everyone is still, I think, shook a little bit because of where people were getting him in drafts and how fast he broke out in the NFL last year. My favorite, favorite guy for 2020 is Terry McLaurin. And it's shocking with how bad the Redskins were last year. We talk about game script a lot. 28th in the NFL in pass plays per game. It, it literally doesn't make sense, and it just boils down to coaching regime. Jay Gruden is gone. He's in Jacksonville, and then interim head coach, the freaking nut job, Bill Callahan, who came out when Jay Gruden was gone and was just pounding the table for we're going to have a dominant run game. and They're running the ball in the fourth quarter when they're down by 35, just pounding the table. We're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Ron Rivera is now in town. He's not like a, it's not like he's like a Cliff Kingsbury air it out kind of guy. But that 28 pass, pass plays per game, the Redskins are going to be terrible. That's got to be at least middle of the road, 16th pass plays per game. I'd love to see it top 10. Let Cut Haskins loose with his big arm, be terrible, be getting hammered in the third and fourth quarter, like we keep saying, air it out. Terry McLaurin, Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State connection. I, I, oh my God, Terry McLaurin did. I got him at wide receiver. He's my wide receiver three um, in my lineup. And I would feel confident starting him. I think halfway through the season, you'll be able to stick him in at your wide receiver one slot and have Oof. no sweat about it. I'm Get on there. the Terry train, baby. Get on the Terry train. Uh, we move to the NFC West. I'm not going to say the best division of football, but I'm going to say the deepest um, with the teams that are in here and what's going on. Uh, it looks pretty solid in the NFC West and tough to win games as it is every year. Uh, but starting in Seattle, they have the 13th toughest schedule. Uh, the NFC West will play the NFC East and the AFC East. So tons of travel for these teams. Um, but the Rams not in St. Louis, haven't been there for a couple of years. And it's just... These guys are going over East like every other week. It's it's pretty nuts. And thank God, in some regard, for the NFL closing, you know, these London games and these Mexico games because that would have forced more travel for Seattle and in San Francisco, who were projected to play overseas or in Mexico this year as well. But back to Seattle, you know, I'm not going to say they're the best team in the NFC because they don't have the depth 
uh, the secondary isn't what we'd hoped it would be. They're going to lose to Devin Clowney. Those things are not fantasy related, but when it comes to fantasy football, is this the year, guys? Is this it where Russell Wilson is unlocked to his full fantasy potential? You know, we've seen glimpses of it. They get down in games, and they were down a lot last year, but still running the ball into the second half. The running backs are banged up still. Chris Carson dealing with a hip injury. He's projected to be ready for week one. They tried to sign Devonta Freeman today for God's sakes. And Rashad Penny isn't going to be ready for the start of the season by week one. Russell Wilson season. This is it, right? I think it has to be now, uh, especially with the move to acquire Devonta Freeman. The fact that they didn't get him is a bigger sign that they're going to be forced to throw the ball. I say that every single year. I'm never (laughs) sold on the running backs. Russell Wilson's going to have to throw the ball to keep him in games. And it didn't happen last year. In fact, Chris Carson had a great season when he was playing. Um, And as every year goes on, I keep thinking more and more that uh, Russell Wilson will never be unleashed. But with, with their schedule and the amount of traveling, I feel like they're going to be extremely fatigued a lot, and and a lot more is going to come down to their star players to to get this team to where they want to be. We projected them at twelve and four. I think that's way too high. Uh, and we did that that this morning, and me and Kevin went back and forth about it. They didn't. To me, they didn't get better. Um, the draft was questionable. However, some people like it. Some people some people think it it's a sneaky good uh, draft for for the Hawks. But I'm not there. You know, I'm just not sold that they they acquired the talent talent they needed to be uh, a top level team. I think they still are because they have Russell Wilson. But once again, they didn't get better. You said they're going to have to travel a lot, and you know, DK gets better. Lockett's going to be fine. I mean, they're going to have to throw. They have to throw. They have to throw. Maybe if we say it enough times, they'll do they it. They have to throw. They, they have. have to, yeah. Throw. Right. Yeah. We could have started a chant there. We should have done that. But they. They they have to do it. Like they just just Hate. let it go. Let just it, just let it through. Let it through. Just just let it happen, Pete. You're. I think they're going to be actually forced to do it. They're not going to be able to just you know pussyfoot around through the first couple quarters and have Russell Wilson save them in the third and fourth. They're gonna they're gonna have to come out hot every every quarter. As you hear in the intro when you turn on this podcast, you can hear Kevin say, they're wasting Russell Wilson. There's nothing we can do about it. And that's exactly how I feel. The thing is, it doesn't really matter. He's so good yeah. that in fantasy, he's he's a top five guy. Like it, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I just I just worry that we would just never, ever, ever, we'll never ever, see it. ever be able to see Russell Wilson unlocked. Yeah, quickly before we move on, I knew that we'd spend more time on on this team than <laughs> any of the other Likely ones, so. oddly enough. Um, I think DK makes a, a huge leap this year, and he's going to be hard to acquire in, in seasonal leagues. I think the, the ADP for a receiver that has a really good first year is just way too high for where you want to draft him and where you can get other guys. So probably leaning away against DK, especially for our leagues up here in the Northwest, is going to be hard to do. Lockett probably slept on in a lot of leagues. Um, he's still the wide receiver one, oddly enough. He still catches everything and he catches a ton of touchdowns. So I like that. Um, the weird thing that it's going to be about this team when it comes to fantasy isn't running back, isn't quarterback. Of course, it's not wide receiver. It's tight end. Now they added Greg Olson, got Will Disley, Jacob Hollister. Um, 
Want to name drafted a couple other guys. Uh, fucking Luke Wilson is in there stealing snaps and red zone targets. Like there's so many guys there that, you know, Russell Wilson makes every tight end that comes onto his team very fantasy relevant and immediately with Will Disley. And then down the stretch of last season, Jacob Hollister, a practice squad cut by New England guy, was your DraftKings pick of the week and all this weird shit and great in this matchup and against Arizona, worst against tight ends in the league. So whichever tight end ends up getting the job, making the team, being the first guy, I think has a ton of fantasy weight really late in your draft. Of course, you're not taking him you know, ahead of all these other guys that we have ranked above them, and they're not even in maybe our top 20. But it's worth a stash, I would say, to whoever ends up being the guy because Russell, hopefully, is going to be throwing the ball more and hopefully is still using the tight end. But let's get to a team that maybe won't have as much fantasy impact this year. 49ers are up next. Uh, fourth toughest schedule in the NFL. Um, Played those teams out east. But we got them at 11-5. and five. And I think that the fantasy impact of that is they're going to run the shit out of the ball. Uh, you hope to see the George Kittle from two years ago. There's no more Emmanuel Sanders. Brandon Ayuk takes that spot. Bryce's favorite. Stop. Debo Samuel. He got hot, hot last year. And everybody in our dynasty league, I remember going, oh, man, I want Debo, I want Debo Samuel. Got to find a way to get Debo Samuel. And he's pretty locked up on the team that he's on. And you don't want to pay what you want to pay to go get Debo. But seasonal, Jimmy G, kind of forget about it. But George Kittle, I'm kind of worried about as, as far as a fantasy perspective because of how this team has kind of added some weapons outside. When he was the only guy on the team, he had the greatest tight end season in the history of tight end seasons. Run after catch, yards after catch, all that shit. It was insane. But George Kittle, to me... We have him as our dynasty tight end one, as I say this, isn't worth where he's being drafted. I disagree. I think George Kittle is just fine. He is the uh, centerpiece of the passing offense. Yes, above Debo Samuel. He's the most reliable guy for Jimmy G. I think we see a similar season uh, to last year's, maybe even better. Brennan Ayuk will cut into some of that, but we saw what Emmanuel Sanders did while he was there, and George Kittle was just fine. Is Brandon Ayuk Emmanuel Sanders? Not yet. Uh, and we don't know what he is. So Jimmy G's most reliable target is still George Kittle. And he threw, the team actually threw quite a bit more than I thought last year. I, I thought Jimmy G was throwing around the 18 to the 20 times a game. Now Jimmy G was throwing almost 30 times a game. It was a little bit less than that. And, and that's still quite a bit. I, when you talked about running the football, who the fuck's running the football? <laughs> right? <laughs> who the fuck is running the football? They can't. I don't. I don't want to say they can't run the football because they're gonna throw their uh, committee out there and go, "Hey, you guys go for it. You take take the reins on this one. Whoever comes out on top, you're gonna be running the ball the most." I think that. I think there's a great chance, and I can't believe this is the first time I've ever saying this. Raheem Mostert might actually be the RB one in San Francisco, and if he is. Holy shit! There's your value running back. I mean, I think I think I've just talked myself into drafting the man, um, and maybe even try to acquire him in dynasty. Everybody needs another running back, right? This guy is going for cheap, 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 cheap. The defense got them where they needed to be last season. I don't think that changes. They lost to Forrest Buckner, but they replaced him with Kinlaw. They didn't lose anything there. The team is 
still a dominant force in the NFC. There is no Super Bowl hangover for this team. I know Chase Chase will explain to you in a little bit. He's been a guy that has said that San Francisco is going to take a step back. You could definitely see it with the fourth toughest schedule. No lie. Hands down, would agree. But I I think they're much better than 500. They're, they're a team that is, a be, is better than a 500 record. And and I like to see them in that 10-11 win um, area. I think that, that that fits perfectly what they're going to be next season. I'm just going to say, watch out for San Francisco again. It's not that I think they're bad. It's they're just my reg- they're my regression yeah. team of 2020, yeah. right? I don't trust Dim- Jimmy G. They have the fourth hardest schedule. Um, I just I just worry about San Francisco. I just worry about them. Uh, but I wanted to talk about tight end and what Kev said, and that he's not really paying the price for George Kittle. And I am not the kind of guy. I don't think I ever have spent in a dynasty or a seasonal draft or a best ball draft. And confidently say, I don't think I've ever spent a top six or seven round pick on tight end. I'm the kind of guy that looks for the Darren Waller, the Mark Andrews of the year. And I would just way rather where, where you have to draft Kittle in the second or the third round or Kelsey. I just way rather get my RB two there than, than my tight end. When we know that we can, it's not guaranteed. There's no Darren Waller every year. But we like to find those guys because they're serviceable. And the value over replacement that you get on the running back over the tight end is much greater, in my opinion. Plus, the tight end position is way more streamable in seasonal than running back. You know, you you want a dose of the – there's only 32 starting running backs in the NFL, and I want as many of them as I can get. Yeah, I don't think – I'm not saying George Kittle was bad by what I said earlier. I, I had him on my mm-hmm. dynasty team forever, but yeah. where you can get other guys and yeah. then that tight end position, it's always so murky. And and now we have so many guys that are kind of in the same territory. That's like, all right, well, I got one of these guys that can get me four catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. And that's all you're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. like where George Kittle is like your wide receiver one. And you, you almost kind of sacrifice that. So uh, moving on, we go to the Rams 10th toughest schedule. Playing it in the new stadium, got the new uniforms, got the new logo. Some people love it, some people hate it. Whatever, they're going to finish eight and eight by our projection. Um, some people say that's way too low, but I think the Super Bowl hangover is is still in effect. Uh, they're paying Jared Goff a ton of money, but that doesn't mean that it's going to have a negative impact on fantasy football. They've got a couple of good running backs there: Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and the wide receivers. Here we go: Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Get on. The Robert Woods hype train. It's back. The guy was screwed out of touchdowns and opportunity last year. Kind of similar to the George Kittle. I mean, Jesus. Remember George Kittle getting all those touchdowns called back last year? What do you have, like five or six? Yeah. I swear to God. So, I, I mean, I kind of feel the same thing about Robert Woods. Chase, you talked about it a few weeks ago. And it's so funny. What Bryce has mentioned a few times as well is like, God, we talk about something like right before the show. And right as we're about to go on the show and do it, it's like Bleacher Report says something about like, Robert Woods is the best player to draft in the middle rounds of next year. Like, God damn it. Like, we're just going to talk about that without you having to tell us to do it, too. But the wide receivers here, Cooper Cup is going to be great. Tyler Higby's a name to, you know, in that tight end to watch for. That's going to be phenomenal. That's the guy. And a, That's and a great guy. pick. And that could be your Darren Waller. Right. And and then Robert Woods. Uh, 
who wants to dive in on this first? The Rams, as a fantasy football team, are phenomenal, I think. I'll make it quick because I don't have a lot to say about the Rams. Sure. Tyler Higby is the guy. Uh, that's your Darren Waller for, for 2020. I've, I'm planting my flag uh, on Tyler Higby. They switched to 12, 12 man personnel once Brandon Cooks um, was out. And when they did, Tyler, Tyler Higby went off. And uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see whether or not Gerald Everett is a factor when it comes to the passing offense. But I don't think Gerald Everett's the type of guy that can get you 100 yards and touchdown in a game. So uh, despite his 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 uh, solid athletic profile, Tyler Higby is is your sleeper tight end, and as he was for everybody last year, uh, the last half of the season. So if you want your late round tight end, that should be your guy to hunt down. You will be able to get him. People don't even know the guy's name hardly. That's all I have to say. I, I'm I'm big on Tyler Higby. I'm not going to add much other than keep pounding the table, pushing the button on Robert Woods because his value is insane. We mentioned there was only four wide receivers last year in the NFL who received over 100 targets and had less than a 5% touchdown rate. And it was DJ Moore, D.D. Westbrook, Christian Kirk. They were all in about the 4 4% bottom of the barrel. Uh, touchdown, touchdown rate was Robert Woods at 2.2%. Brandon Cooks is gone. He's the well, Cooper. I mean, you have Cooper Cup there, but I mean, in 2018, Brandon Cooks was seeing about eight targets a game. He was banged up last year. I mean, the the sky is the limit, as everyone would say <laughs> for Robert Woods. Yeah, he, he's such a good value. He in, uh, in 2020. He finished as wide receiver 17 last year. I had a DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, uh, right behind AJ Brown and Lockett and Jarvis Landry. That's your wide receiver too, with probably some wide low end wide receiver one upside. That's what you're looking at for Robert Woods with Brandon Cooks out of the picture. Just final consider it. Love it. Final team of the night, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, eighth toughest schedule in the NFL. We got them finishing at eight and eight. We could dive into this whole team. Oh my God, what are they going to do in defense and we've got this whole note here that's basically like me saying why they're going to finish last again but we don't even need to get into that let's talk fantasy tonight and get to this we could talk about maybe when we got a website one day we'll have a whole column about why the arizona cardinals are <laughs> still going to finish last doesn't mean they're going to be bad and super fantasy relevant Kenyon drake deandre hopkins larry fitzgerald christian kirk and of course kyler murray cliff kingsbury offense they're going to be Probably a top 10 offense this year. And I, I'd be maybe shocked if they were outside of the top 10 this year. Um, so fantasy numbers galore. Kyler Murray, you know, we had a really tough time. We were going to do tiers of quarterbacks the other day. And it's almost hard to keep Kyler Murray outside of the top tier after what he did last season and what we expect him to do this season with all the weapons around him. But we'll start with the biggest move that they made in free agency and trading David Johnson away and getting DeAndre Hopkins in there. Can DeAndre Hopkins get back to where he was a few seasons ago as one of those very, very elite Michael Thomas-esque season? Because he missed out on that a little bit, had a couple drops and wasn't himself. Don't know what he was battling, if it was an injury or something going on there. But DeAndre Hopkins, do we see him being back to normal, back to what we saw a few seasons ago? I think the easy answer is yes. And it boils down to the system that he is going to in Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury's air raid, four or five receiver sets. 
and the four or five receiver sets might be something that uh, is unappealing to fantasy owners. I don't think it necessarily reflects in his ADP, but I think people would say, oh, well, there's just more, there's more target competition there. Who is their fourth wide receiver? Andy Who's Isabella. their fifth wide receiver? Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, Jameer Bird, is he still there? Larry Fitzgerald, how, how old is he? The guy in Arizona that's going to see the most volume in the fastest paced offense in the NFL with Kyler Murray at quarterback is DeAndre Hopkins. And I really like Christian Kirk. I like Christian Kirk playing in the slot. But the guy is DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. You just have to say yes to John to DeAndre Hopkins, right? Or am I wrong? No, no, no. I th- I think you're right, but his ADP is probably going to have him as a second wide receiver. Yeah, no, he's not. A, he's not wide receiver too. He's he's in the five to ten range, like he usually is. Uh, he was last year. Uh, that's kind of more what I'm referring to. Um, I think when we're talking about quarterback talent, we could you could make the argument that it's even. I still give the edge to Deshaun Watson now, uh, just because of the experience. But um, we know this team wants to pass the ball, so uh, and your, your number one guy is DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray's super accurate. It's it's kind of hard to ignore Hopkins as a as a guy who, with I mean, he's going to have wide receiver one upside. So, I mean, you you're going to feel comfortable regardless. This is a guy that fits into any any scheme. It doesn't matter what team it is. This guy he's he's probably. I would say he's better than Michael Thomas as a re- wide receiver. I would I would say that for fantasy, um, you know, Michael Thomas is has just now kind of surfaced as the the top guy. But I still think Hopkins Hopkins can still retain that wide receiver one spot uh, at any point. Before we leave the Cardinals, Kenyon Drake was really really good when he became an Arizona Cardinal, and how he finished the season. Uh, Chase, I don't know if you have this pulled up right now, but Kenyon Drake, holy hell, he was phenomenal the final five six weeks of the year where now he's going in there as the guy chase edmonds there as well but we don't have to see david johnson hobble his way around and chase edmonds isn't going to come in and give us one splash of a good game when david johnson was supposed to start matthew barry isn't going to cuss out the cardinals social media team we're going to get Kenyon drake hopefully for most of the season this year for the if you compare after he got traded to the cardinals if you compare Kenyon drake's Fantasy points per game average from weeks 9 to 17 when he got traded to Arizona to Christian McCaffrey's to to everyone. RB3, Kenyon Drake. Mm. Christian McCaffrey 1, Dalvin Cook 2, Kenyon Drake 3. For the uh, 10th time, do you guys uh, remember that David Johnson run? (laughs) Sorry, I I had to throw that in there because I think we mentioned that in almost every (laughs) one of our podcasts. So I just decided that you know we should remind everybody that that's how bad david johnson is now pause the podcast go to the apple podcast app give us a five-star review after you're done doing that go to youtube and type in (laughs) david johnson tampa bay buccaneers run and just prepare for the unpreparable it is (laughs) oh my god okay that's it that's the nfc oh my god let's get to stuff i want to talk about Let's get to this ADP quiz. Chase's ADP quiz. Bryce and I have no knowledge of this before the show. So we'll preface it <laughs> with that. We don't know. Like, all we see is what's on the show sheet here. So we haven't looked up ADPs. 
I don't keep up to date on that shit. It's May. But let's do it today. Let's jump in and see what we're dealing with, Chase. So as they said, as Kev said, we're going to play a game. First, to start off with this, ADP, average draft position. We're going to talk about quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. You listening to the podcast, I want you to follow along as well. I'm quizzing you, Mm. not just Kevin and Bryce. I'm going to say either something along the lines of QB1 is. If it's too hard, I'm going to give you a little clue, maybe to kind of lead you along here. But I'm going to say QB1 is. You guys are going to guess. I'll give you the answer. The other way I can go about it, I can say Patrick Mahomes is QB what? You guys are going to answer. We're going to talk about it. Really, the goal of this is we want to see where there's a lot of value in in what we're seeing so far in drafts and where people are way, way like overreaching for. So first one, here we go. This guy finished as QB 17 in 2019 Mm. and is now going as QB 27 in 2020. Back 10 spots. Bryce, you go first. Well, it's not Drew Locke. He didn't play enough games. It could be Teddy Bridgewater. But I also think it could be Dwayne Haskins. And 17 seems a little high for Dwayne Haskins. And Teddy Bridgewater didn't play a full season. But I think I'm going to guess Teddy Bridgewater going at my quarterback guess, 27. My guess, Derek Carr. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. Derek Carr. Let's nice. go back nice. 10 spots after the Raiders add Henry Ruggs, Lynn Bowden, and Brian Edwards. Three of their first four picks. First receiver off the board, Henry Ruggs. Back 10 spots. That's a I value, know a right? value when I smell it, and I <laughs> smelt it. In no way are we saying take him before Patrick Mahomes, but if you're a late-round quarterback guy, that's like undrafted in, in, in single quarterback leagues. QB 27. All right, now we're going to go to the flip side of this. Let's go. QB 13 is... A guy going into his second year in the NFL. Mm. Ooh, second year. Um, let's see. Ricky quarterbacks last year. Why am I blanking? Come on, Bryce. I've got it. Would it be Daniel Jones? It is the Duke oh. Blue Devil Daniel oh, Jones dude, going ahead. Of no, you gotta let me get. I gotta have a guess. Oh. Whoa, whoa, you just just (laughs) fucking did that to me. No, no, it's too late for that. It's too late for that. Keep going, go on, keep going. So Daniel Jones, QB 13, going ahead of Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, and Kirk Cousins. Is that a little too rich for us? I don't like that. I had a Kirk Cousins. He has the rushing upside. Mm -hmm. Seven carries a game, actually. A high-risk, high-reward quarterback. The wide receiver. The wide receiver room didn't change. Uh, the rookie gets better, and Darius Slayton. I could see him do a little bit better. I don't see. I think that's. I think it's right in the wheelhouse. I think that's right where he sits. Okay. okay. Yeah. So before I move on to running backs, I want to add: this is average draft position. This is taking into account thousands of mock drafts and real fantasy drafts that have been updated up until March 18th. Sorry, May 18th. And what I want to what I want to point out is that 
this is an average. So it's really, really hard for there to be like incredible, incredible outliers. And what's important to mention with that is if I say a guy is wide receiver 12 and ADP, he's going at seven in some drafts and he's going at 17 in others. And just because he's ADP is wide receiver 12 doesn't mean in your draft that you got coming up in the summer, whatever that he's going to go at 17. There's a whole lot of variance mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to add that, but we're going to move from quarterbacks to running backs. This one doesn't make sense. <laughs> this guy finished 2019 as RB 31 and is now going at RB 21. And his team added a rookie running back in the third round of the 2020 draft. Oh, uh, Ronald Jones. That's my guess. Not Ronald Jones. Oh, wait. Third. Can you read it again? My my brain just blew up. Finished 2019 as RB 31 and is now going at RB 21. Team added a third round running back, and he played college ball at Florida Atlantic University. Oh, Oh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. Oh, boy. RB21 going before Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. That's blasphemous. Anyone who is listening to this podcast, if you draft Devin Singletary (laughs) ahead of Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Keyshawn Vaughn, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. Devin Singletary is a bot, a certified but he is not going to return you the same value that he played at last year. Done. Thank you. Next one. Sorry. Just had to, I I hate speaking of a bot, but Jordan Howard now in Miami is going as RB. What? 21, 27. RB 40. Oh, that's... And I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would take him there. I like him. And the interesting thing is he's going after the the shitty and injury committee is what I would call them. Marlon Mack, Darian guy, Darian guys. Marlon Mack, <laughs> Darius guys, on Johnson, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones, and Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, so, given what Miami already, has. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That I think seems... RB40. Yikes. I want to know what Matt Breda's ADP is because I think that's the better value. I think that's yeah. the guy that has the ability to be a better running back in Miami than Jordan Howard, the guy that they'd actually use not only running the ball, but catching the ball. He just has to stay healthy on the field. I'll say this. Why not both? Because that's <laughs> that's not the right. You don't want to corner the Miami running back, Mark? <laughs> no, no, so, I don't. Right behind him, RB41, is Matt Breda. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's right so behind that price, him. I'm, I think I'm taking Jordan Howard. Right yeah, behind him, 41? Back. Right behind him at 41. I still lean Breda. I'm going to stick to that. I like Breda. I like Breda there. I think it makes sense, but I, I get it. I, I I understand. Go ahead. From the backfield, we're moving out wide. Wide receiver seven. I'm not going to give you any clues because there's only seven guys here that you can think of. Wide receiver seven is. I think it's Mike Evans or Amari Cooper. And I'm going to say Mike Evans because I think we all think that that's a little, that's definitely too high for Mike Evans in 2020 Ooh, let me think here i'm gonna say oh man this is tough 
Um, Could it be Odell? I'm going to say Odell Beckham Jr. That's a great guess. Thank you, Bryce. Bryce Wells, you are correct. Michael Evans, (laughs) wide receiver seven in 2020, finished 2019 as wide receiver five. So he's up eight spots. Jameis Winston is gone. We mentioned this last podcast from Harrison's listener question. Jameis is gone. His boom bust quarterback's gone. 54% of his fantasy points came in three weeks, and he's up eight spots. No thanks. I'm out. This is not a Mike Evans podcast, though. So sorry, Mike. We're <laughs> never going to reach out to you to read a Darren Waller <laughs> intro to our show. But it's if, never you gonna happen. To, if you I wanted to, if you I mean, if you to. wanted to, that'd be pretty cool. We'd just play it like half the time. <laughs> okay. Next up, finished 2019 as wide receiver eight, hmm. is most likely getting a quarterback upgrade, and is now going as wide receiver 12, back four spots from his wide receiver eight performance last year. You said quarterback upgrade? Most likely getting a quarterback oh, upgrade. Oh, this one's easy. This one's easy. This is Allen Robinson. It is. It is absolutely Allen Robinson. Very good, Bryce. I was going to say And Allen we talked too. about how bad the Bears are going to be. Mm-hmm. There's nobody. They didn't add anyone. I think their wide receiver, too, is still Anthony Miller. They didn't address the position at all. Not that they needed to. I think Allen Robinson is really, really good. Yeah, he is. And he's a wide receiver one in 2020 i am going to skip this guy this one was robert woods we had already talked about it wide receiver 14 in 2019 now going at wide receiver 20 oh my god that's crazy next up my favorite one this guy wide receiver seven in 2019 now going at wide receiver 34 back 27 spots The best value at wide receiver in seasonal leagues is... Wait, wait. You said he was wide receiver seven last year? Yes. Could it be? And now he's going at wide receiver 34. Could it? I want to say Jarvis, but I think that's he didn't finish at seven, so... It's got to be Devontae Parker, isn't it? It is not. Okay, wait. Hold on, hold on. Let's work through this one because this is a good one. Mm. Wide receiver seven and is now wide receiver 30. 34. That what the <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Um I had it's my not guess. DJ Chark. I don't know. Um I'll say I'll say A no, it's not AJ Brown either. God, who it's not Galladay. It's not Amari Cooper. It's not Older guy. Oh, I want to hear Julio? It. No, it's not Julio. It's not Julio. The best value wide receiver seasonal drafts is Julian Edelman. Oh, my God. And why? Because Tom Brady's gone. Now oh. he's going at 24. The Patriots got worse. Brady was not good. We don't even know if Jared Stidham's going to play quarterback. They could pick up Cam. They could do whatever. They could trade for Brissett. I'm angry wide about this one. Th- 34. I felt like I should Where are the targets going to go? What they what they do? They Ke- did nothing. Kevin, we failed. We failed miserably. This was one we should have had locked up. This was a this was a a land. This was a cherry pick. We should have mm. we should have known. Mm. Well, Jules. when we're talking about a top receiver that's old as shit and is now devalued massively and is a top, you know, like a top 10 guy, that 
that should have been a blatantly obvious answer. So I'm mad about that one, but that's okay. I mean, I mean, you had like five guesses. I went with one, and it was Devontae <laughs> Parker, and I feel confident about that. So that's fine. Uh, speak yeah. for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just crazy to me. All right, next one. Sandwich in between Robert Woods and DJ Chark at wide receiver 21 is... If you can't, if you have no guesses, I got two clues. You'll get it right away. In between Robert Woods and DJ Chark, uh, in the NFC West, DK Metcalf. My clues were: he's a guy who looks good with the shirt off and has a nose ring. So yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. DK Metcalf. So why I kind of rushed through this one is more of the question: mm. is this too aggressive? And Terry McLaurin is wide receiver 26. Who do you got in 2020? Yeah. Um, for me, I think... I think it's DK. I think I, I, think I take Robert Woods over, over all those guys, mm. certainly. I mean, where I have him valued, where he's going to slide, I think is beyond that. You know, I think in most leagues, um, unless you got a Rams fan that's like been buying into Robert Woods and, and saw him play last year and saw how many touchdowns he missed out on, I think I'm taking Robert Woods first. Um for me personally, I'm then going DJ Chark, and then I'm going Terry, and then I'm going DK. And that's coming from the mouth of a Seahawks fan. So play your cards right, let those guys slide, and and get the best value. Those are mine. I don't know, Bryce, what do you got? I'd say Robert Woods is definitely at the top of that list, and I think I think you have to put DK just because he's attached to Russell Wilson, takes a second-year leap. I think his second-year leap is going to be bigger than Terry McLaurin's. And uh, if he I mean, it's tough though because Terry McLaurin hit a thousand yards. No, did he hit a thousand yards last year? Nine hundred. Nine, like yeah, yeah, nine hundred. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, you know, obviously, dynasty. I'm taking DK out of all those. Right, 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 right. Right, but seasonal, it's it's Robert Woods at the top. All right, moving to the big boys, tight end. We talked about him. Tyler Higby is going as tight end. What? 12. 18. Tight end six. Whoa. And this shocks me. What? Because I think people have caught on. It's oh my Travis Kelsey, right, George well, Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Tyler Higby. All right. Every, to everybody, disregard what I said about Tyler Higby and the Rams about an hour ago and throw it out the window. That's not your value tight end for 2020. I mean, he, he still could be. I mean, that's his average draft position. What if he does slide? What if people are like, who the hell is Tyler Higby? Like you were saying, like people don't even know the guy's name. He got paid. Awesome. We're, He's attached to this really good, high-powered offense. But like, if he starts sliding... We're eh. one uh, Roto World blurb away from uh, you know Sean McVay saying Gerald Everett's going to be used a lot more in 2020 yep. away from Tyler Higby dropping. So Yeah, exactly. And as we mentioned, this is average. He's going before, on average, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. I'm not going to say the next guy because that's the next question. Austin mm-hmm. Hooper, tight end nine. Three behind, Tyler Higby. I'll give you a couple guesses. I'll give you a clue. You'll get it right away. Clue me. Fresh out of retirement. Greg no Olson. way. No, Gronk. Jason Witten. Oh, Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tight end nine. Is that is that too bullish? No, no. You like I, him at tight end nine? I, I kind of like sense. that. Yeah, inside the top ten for sure. 
Last yeah. one. This is a cluster. Guys, we like. We want to sort through it. Tight end 14 is Noah Fant. Tight end 15 is Dallas Goddard. And tight end 16 is TJ Hawkinson. I want you to rank them for me for 2020. Tell me which one you'd rather have. I think you got it right. Go. I think you got it right. You like, that's you like the way Fant it should be. Hawkinson? I think Hawkinson is more tantalizing than Goddard. So I, I think you could put you could put Hawkinson ahead of Goddard, but I think it's 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 right where it should be. It's right where it should be because you could see Goddard getting deployed along with Ertz um, and just stealing touchdowns left and right. I think Goddard takes another step, whether it's taking the job there or not. Um, I think it's right. I think. I could see it flipping with um, Hawkinson and Goddard, but I think Fant's in the right spot. Fant is surrounded by other weapons. I see him maybe losing a little bit of opportunity, if I can speak. Dallas Goddard is still sitting behind Zach Ertz. But what does Hawkinson have to worry about? Just as Buddy Kenny Quintez G. Cephas. Just as Buddy Kenny G, Quintez Cephas, and DeAndre Swift. And if Stafford's healthy, I say slingshot engaged. Hawkinson to the lead out of this group. All right. Let's get to some listener questions. Great game, Chase. We're going to play that more often. I love the ADP. This is from Instagram. Josiah Marquez, 35. He's got a, a tough question. We're going to have both the guys answer this. He says, 10-team PPR Superflex Dynasty. Who should I pick in the first round with a third overall pick? Didn't really give us much context to work with, but that's okay, Josiah. We'll, we'll make it work. Bryce, you're going to answer this for seasonal drafts. Who are you taking with who is going to be available? If McCaffrey or Saquon fall there, sure, you're going to take those guys. But this is Dynasty. Dynasty startup, right? I'm Dynasty Superflex, 10-team PPR. Okay, so because Dynasty was stated here, I'm assuming this is a startup. So with the third pick, I think it's... For Josiah. For Josiah, I think this is is easy. Um, The move right now is to acquire running backs as much as possible in the first two to three rounds. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable, but... Patrick Mahomes should be your third pick in a super flex league. You know that you're going to have him for 10 plus years, 10 plus years. He's not running up and down the field. Like Lamar Jackson is putting his body out on the line. He's a true gunslinging alpha quarterback. That's the pick. Don't overthink it. Take your, take your, your top quarterback right there. Easy pick chase for you. What if Josiah meant rookie draft? So with the third pick of his rookie dynasty draft, 10-team PPR Superflex, Josiah should take who? We have four options here, Josiah. Oh, my. Mainly because they're in my tier one Superflex rookies. We can go Jonathan Taylor. We can go Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We can go Tua Tagovailoa, Or we can go Joe Burrow. Really, it just depends at... Who goes at 102, or sorry, 101, 102, and then what you need? Do you need quarterback? Do you need running back? Mm-hmm. Eileen running back. If Jonathan Taylor's there, smash. Clyde Edwards Lair is there, smash. And then I would lean Tua over Burrow. That's how we feel about those two on the podcast. And I really like J.K. Dobbins as he would be my fifth option, but there's a, there's just a tear break there. 
after Jonathan Taylor and CEH. So those are your four options. Let it fit to your team. Let us know, Josiah. And let us know. We want to know how it goes. Good luck, our friend Josiah Marquez, 35. Final question of the night before we wrap things up. Uh, this comes from <laughs> our buddy Hugh, Hugh Jass. Nice name, Hugh Jass. Would you come up with that in second grade? I love it, though. Don't get me wrong. Damn. I love it. Damn. My buddy Hugh. All right, Hugh. <laughs> Hugh. Hugh writes in and says, fellas, I'm in a predicament. Joe Burrow or Carson Wentz in 2020? Huh? Drum roll, please. Joe Burrow. Joe oh, Burrow. Damn. Joe Burrow. Did he just say Joe Burrow? Yes, he did. What? Why Joey would I take? B. Okay. Why would I take Joe Burrow over Carson Wentz? And I will make this quick because, because, I, like I said, I was hungry like an hour and a half ago. I'm ready to eat this chicken sandwich. Damn. Um, Carson Wentz finished as your QB nine last year through 17 weeks. So if we go to 16 weeks, he is your QB, I believe, ten. Okay. It's tough to project Joe Burrow as a top 10 quarterback, but but I think that offense is just so much more exciting than Philadelphia's. There's so many more weapons that I enjoy more on that offense. Joe Burrow has the ability to huck this ball to whoever he wants, and, and he just has the talent, and I think that is going to play into my decision here. Um, it's risky to take Joe Burrow here over Carson Wentz, but I think the upside and the ceiling for Joe Burrow is higher than Carson Wentz, and I'd like to take that gamble in 2020. That's it. That is the show. That is the episode. I know it's the offseason, so thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to Teddy Talk uh, this week and every week. Hang in there. Get through this long weekend. We'll have another episode for you next week. We're going to go over some AFC stuff, some more ADP stuff, and we'll get through this together. Drop that five-star review on Apple Podcasts and check us out on Instagram. We'll talk Teddies with you next week.